Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Happy Monday to you. Top of the Monday. Is this the top? Middle of the Monday to you. What a what a day. We're back at it. Another week full of fun, excitement, enjoyment. Uh, we have we've all been talking about the Oscars. That's what we uh, you know. It's it's Merritt's favorite thing on earth. If she were ever to get a tattoo, it would have an Oscar. It would theme. have an Oscar. It would be an Oscar. It would be an Oscar. Only Don't if do I it. got one, that Don't would be do it. you know. It would be no. kind of taggy to have one. Yeah. But if I didn't get an Oscar, you know. Yeah, should you wear a it tattoo? Would just be like the kids. If you, why no. why does grandma have you know Why is grandma's tattoo all well, is that a Tweety Bird? No, that's an Oscar till grandma's skin started shrinking. Instead, name your kid Oscar. Wouldn't that be cute? Uh, that would be a good But idea. I don't know if she'd like that. If you're a girl and they you're named Oscar. Oh a boy named oh, a boy. Oscar. Yeah, boy. <laughs> hey, um so did who watched the Oscars? Did everybody see it? I saw it. I yep. saw it. See? I had a party. Did you really? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I just sat there with my kids and my laptop. Oh, I made food. I had people really? over. You we made it. Ballads. You turned it into a party. Yes. What do you think? Because I get a little watching famous people um, makes me feel weird. It is kind of a weird experience. Yeah. Um, and it's really funny. Uh, a few of the people who came there were like, "Well, why aren't, why aren't you watching like the red carpet coverage?" Oh, like, so that drives me uh, crazy. Didn't even occur to me because I view it more as like a oh it's, you know it's kind of the Super Bowl for media people. Yeah. It's like you need to know what happens, yeah. or you're going to be out of the loop for the next year. Right, That's all there is to but, it. But like I don't want to see him get out of a car. No. And then they're I, clo- I mean, I guess, and, and then the clothes. Like... I guess that's what they're after, huh? You want to see <laughs> these women in their gowns? I guess so. I don't. Not really. I because I don't know what's nice. You know, here's a hint. If you can always just go online, and they usually have like a slideshow of all this stuff put together. So oh, you don't you even have, have to watch the red carpet. Right. You could have saved yourself you can an just, hour. You know, wait. And what, did you? <laughs> it'll be online. Did you just thoroughly enjoy it? Did I thoroughly? I really enjoyed the Oscars. I thought that Ellen did a great job hosting. She's always so positive yeah. and friendly. Uh, I think you know. Hold on, Mike just guffawed. She, she was making fun of people the entire time. Well, exactly, that's the job. but in a really nice, safe way. Okay. Yeah. Um, as opposed to Seth MacFarlane last year, it was definitely he was a little offensive. You I know, think. it was it was like a haha, we're all laughing together. Whereas, yeah. you know, in favorite years part, previous, she been, she ordered pizza. That, that was, was cool. pretty cool. My favorite thing was the tweeted photo. That was she. Cool. You know, she's just walking, in. and I'm pretty sure that moment. I mean, some of her other stuff was obviously planned. I don't think pizza was. You know. Yeah, but they, they, the they, everyone's but I'm complaining. But sure that tweeted phone was like. Well, they're, they're complaining that it was a, no, it was really placement. It was product placement of a Samsung phone. Oh, there's no doubt. It was definitely oh, product yeah. placement. But as far as the because the she picture, uses what it turned out to be iPhone. Apparently, in the back of the, in, on backstage, she's on her iPhone. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe that's not you know. But that's well, what I'm hearing. Product placement, tw- it works. Yeah, yeah I would well, Twitter. I it. They if I was her, I'd have three phones too. It, it'd be yeah, fine. Um, but I thought it was a hilarious moment. I mean. I love I love the pizza because I like to see because that was very normal. Okay, does anybody have any money? You know, I mean, it is true, and it's kind of fun because it um, 
humanizes all these people that we only yeah. ever see in very constructed circumstances. Right. Yeah. It's kind of fun to watch them being put on the spot. Yeah, to see what Harris would they really, do. They're kind of as embarrassed <laughs> as we all would be. So, it was, you know, that's comforting. Of course, they but, do have a lot more 20s in their wallets than I would. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. How big of a tip <laughs> do you think like, the pizza man got? Oh, my gosh. They well, were so, Somebody yeah. dropped 200 bucks. Who was yeah, that? that was yeah. $200 uh, bills. Weinstein, I think. Yeah, one of the yeah. big, one of the <laughs> big really funny. studio owners. And then they went to the Lapita and like, she didn't have money, but she gave she her lip balm. Yeah. That was cute. I mean, to me, I, I like that because then it's not like we're all looking at them like, whoa, look at. No. Yeah, it was kind of weird. a like, let's all laugh together because we're is, here for three and a half hours. So. Yeah. It's also nerve wracking to to just sit there and notice like how nervous some of these people must be. I, you know, some I, of them again, were I appreciate out. that because this really, um, I mean, you can. Decry the Oscars is kind of this, you know, media worship or uh, self-congratulatory Hollywood yeah. party. But at the same time, uh, even though this is probably the most publicized thing, this would really be like getting any honor in any situation. And for a lot of these people, it's completely career changing. It's completely life changing, oh, yeah. especially um, some of the, you know, um, for 12 Years a Slave, especially, that's a very small production. It's very uh, British. They haven't really – those directors, those filmmakers really haven't gone international yet. And so the fact that they just won an, uh, an Oscar yeah, puts picture. them on the international scene. Uh-huh. And that is completely life-changing. That was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. I love to see that um, everybody is celebrated. So from the makeup people to the set mm-hmm. designers. That is my favorite part of the Oscars. I, um, it's like a camaraderie that you yeah. don't – see in most other industries no and it's super interesting you just uh you can see a lot of cool things going on uh especially because again a lot of these people live their whole lives unrecognized especially um the technical and oh, yeah. artistic people i mean they just they make you look good they make everything well look and good, they're the and ones you don't ever see it these people have six oscars five oscars i mean some of them have mm-hmm. they're pretty serious and yeah, but Amazing. I mean, you couldn't name them. For, no, you wouldn't you know, know them, but they make anything. you know they make Angelina Jolie look like she's twelve. <laughs> I mean, in a good way. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> the uh, the the topic of today's show is significance. So you sit yeah. there and you you see they're all vying for position and significance. Mm-hmm. They all want to be something, mean something. Then they give them these awards too, like kind of humanitarian award. I mean, yeah. it's a really interesting thing. It's like you were saying, it's it's almost, it's like the, I don't know, it's like the ESPY awards or some awards that you only, that, that ESPN is giving that kind of validates their position. Yeah. But yet mm-hmm. everybody believes in it. It's, it's just interesting because it's kind of like us giving our own awards. We did that once <laughs> and um, it, you know, it's yeah. just kind of about us. Nobody seems to care about the award. No. But this is one that everyone buys into. It's true. Um, one thing that I love about the Oscars, though, is the kind of like we said, we get to see different types of success going on. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things on YouTube is um, a there were a couple who made a short animated film. This yeah. came out last year, I believe. But uh, they have a home video recording of themselves looking up the nominee list. And they're just oh, on the computer really? like, well, the nominee list of this, they've been released this morning. And so they're just, you know, talking to their home video yeah. camera. And they sit down and this couple goes and they scroll down to their name. Yeah. They just start screaming because they, they're they so excited. Huge. Yeah. So. Um, See, that's human. That's yeah. Cool. It's really human. And it also just goes, I mean, for a lot of people, especially in terms of um, 
the short films, this is their moment to make a career. Yeah. And if you get if you get an Oscar, if you get a nomination, that's you know you're going to be more likely to get a job working on a feature length film. You're more that's likely cool. to succeed afterwards. So there's that. There's the start of success. Um, another thing that I like is just to see people who are kind of a champion for their cause. Um, we saw that a lot with lots of um, talking about slavery, especially yeah. with 12 Years a Slave, talking about people who are still enslaved all over the world, raising awareness. Dedicating the award to 21 million people still enslaved. Yeah. I mean, that was a really cool thing. And um, so there's there's that kind of success. There's also some really touching uh, family success, I thought. Yeah. Jared Leto, his acceptance speech, he talked about his mom. And how, you know, a long time ago, she was a person who didn't have an education and have a job and was left with two sons. But she really managed yeah. to make something of her life and of her son's life. And it was cool to see him interacting with his mother at the Oscars. Wasn't I mean, that's how cool is that? You get to go to the Oscars with your son that wins. Yeah. Matt McConaughey's mom sitting behind his wife. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that was another interesting thing is family. Oh, yeah. How many times my wife and my kids, kids go to bed kind of stuff. Dad won the award. That's like I didn't realize everyone always kind of talks about Hollywood like they're a bunch of kind of godless, yeah. family-less, horrible, you know, yeah. evil but basically, people. basically almost everyone, you know, blew my mind. spouse it's, and kids. It's uh-huh. awesome. That was fantastic. And yeah. then um, I, I, how involved I, I sat there and I thought – uh, I don't know what Matt McConaughey's wife is named, but she turns around and so she's talking to her mother-in-law right after he wins the award. And I'd like, I'd love to hear the conversation. <laughs> what are they saying? What yeah. are they saying? That's cool. Um, He's eloquent, by the way. And I, he, oh, definitely. I, did, I, I mean, I had. You have no idea. You think these guys are they <laughs> well, real? Are they real? Yeah. 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 But they are. Um, and you know, speaking of that, Matthew McConaughey's acceptance speech was one of my favorites of the night. Yeah, me too. Um, he, you know, it was kind of interesting to learn. I loved his concept of being, you know, his hero is himself 10 yeah. years in the future and having somebody That's to, cool. you know, an idea of who you want to be and yep. what kind of, you know, always looking for that improvement. So, someone to look up to, God, someone to look forward to his family. To his That's family. Who he looks forward to every day. Um, and then something to chase. And that was who is his ideal state, which is, again, back to our topic today. Yeah. Becoming significant. Um, And and how many people are sitting in this room that don't. Ah, they lost it another year. Yeah. Um, Gravity. um, What's her name? Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. I'm sitting there thinking, no way that poor. Because has she ever won a. a, Yes. Oh, she she has. has. Oh, I'm thinking, how many times (laughs) do you get there and you just. Leo DiCaprio, yeah. he's Don't the one everybody jokes around. He's the one who never wins. <laughs> Is that why everybody goes and pats him on the head? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Funny. <laughs> well but, done. Someday. You know, there's an, he, it's not like he's going to have a lack of roles in yeah, the next he'll few years. He'll be fine. But, uh, he's, plus, he's 20. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's sure. whatever he is. Um, yeah. That's and, cool. You know, there were some other types of success. Um, Kate Blanchett spoke a lot about yeah. women in the film industry, and that was a really cool thing for me. Um, I, you know, I have a club. It's the Women of Film Club. It's something that, you know, people need to know about. And she talked about that, that her movie, the film that she was in and the film that the other women were in showed that, you know. This is legit. This is legit. The world is round, as she said. People can be interested in women and movies about women can make money. money. Yeah. See, I haven't seen any of those movies. Why have you not forced me to watch these movies? Have it not forced you? Yeah. Matt, I've, I've seen given, one of those. I've Gravity's kind of the only up, movie um, I've seen. <laughs> I think I told you about other ones. I think I yeah. said you should go see Philomena. Yeah, I think Philomena, I said, you did tell me that know, one. 
No, part of it is just because I'm like really behind. Maybe on what my... we ought to do is maybe we ought to start coming maybe early and start watching some of these movies. Well, you, usually when I try to suggest something, you say, "No, I'm a doctor." That's true. Just... <laughs> that's true. That's that's totally true. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome, doctor. Uh, I like I like I like I was really the whole time thinking of you, Merritt. That you're probably <laughs> lapping this up. This is your oh, favorite yeah. thing. It is my favorite. But I was I was amazed at the camaraderie and the. And there's not – they weren't just all – it wasn't just like, look at us, we're so amazing. But the technology – and I, I like to think that some guy that's just a techno geek that's invented a new way to film something or make something look real, mm-hmm. these guys are getting celebrated with five or six Oscars over time. I mean, that's that's where this gets seriously powerful. Well, uh, today on the show, we're going to get into this topic of significance and how to – you know. We all want to be valuable. We want to magnify our gifts, our mm-hmm. talents. And we want to be significant, I think, in the end. But it's hard. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, imagine a lot of people would feel like they have to lose themselves to go to Hollywood. And, and you probably do. In in some sense, there are definitely sacrifices that you need to make. And um, I think what it really comes down to is how you define your success. Um, Dan Clark, who's author of The Art of Significance, he's coming on later. He talks about the difference between your goals and your purpose. Mm. And I found that very interesting because like there's a you different know, level. Yeah. Talk to anybody in my little, you know, film student world. We all want to win an Oscar. That's just a sure. given. Sure. Everybody, you know, plans their Oscar speech. Everybody knows. Yeah. That that's something that You've they want. you thought it through. Um, but it's interesting. Uh, but not many people are going to get one. No. <laughs> or yeah, even get nominated or even yeah. make it in the film like Think world. of how many actors there are just doing TV. Yeah. And then there's the few that get into the movies. Yep. And then there's the few that got to sit there and get pizza from Ellen. <laughs> it's getting smaller. And even fewer. And then even fewer that actually got, got it. The, uh, word. So – you know, it's an interesting thing, but if you defined your whole life as in I'm going to get an Oscar, you wouldn't ever really be happy, most likely. Yeah, right. Um, but if you thought, I want to make a change in the world, I want to touch somebody from some sort of media that I make, then the likelihood of you feeling good, having that purpose yeah. will give you so much more credibility and you know, strength in your life, give you so much more in terms of success yeah. and your leadership and your significance than anything else would. So um, Huge. Yeah. Well, and I, just, I went to a comedian uh, named Brian Reagan, if anyone out there sort of him. Hilarious guy. Definitely. And sat there with my son who loves him. And so I was his date. We actually <laughs> bought the tickets with the idea that he would take a date. And then he wanted me to go. <laughs> hey, that's actually uh, yeah. a pretty cool compliment. He'd really rather good, yeah. spend time with you mm-hmm. than. Well, and he needed a ride. <laughs> uh, no, it, but he he just he knew I would love it and he would love it. But. 15,000 people in a stadium to hear one comedian. It was, I mean, that. I guess you could set the goal. Someday I want to have 15,000 people in one room hearing me. Yeah. By the way, he sold it out two days, so that was pretty powerful. But, you know, you could tell how seriously moved he was that this many people wanted to hear his stuff. Yeah. So there's this, it's one thing, again, I guess, to be, have the goal of being, you know, selling out a stadium. It's another thing to be doing something significant so today we're going to unleash the significant kraken we're going to go figure (laughs) out where we create significance in our lives we have a wonderful guest that'll be joining us in a little bit dan clark uh who is just one of the greatest i think speakers in the speaking world 
goes out, works with corporate America all over the place. And he has a book called The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success. So you be thinking, what does success look like and what does significance look like? And is there a difference to you? Is success just you know getting a good job, making a lot of money, doing the best in your profession, getting awards from your your organizations, you know, the associations that you work with, or is is significance even bigger than that? And uh, we're going to let Dan walk us through that, teach us some of the laws for being a life-changing leader. And all the way through the show today, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to get into self-confidence a little bit later. And a little bit later, uh, our uh, our child whisperer, what are we calling Julie? Uh, she's going to come in. She's a coach. She's, a, she's a, an educator as well. Julie Nelson's going to join us. And teach us about um, how sometimes when we compare ourselves to others, it undermines our significance, which is probably what was going on all day at the Oscars. <laughs> oh, like, yes. Even the dresses we're comparing. Dress, nice. yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. Significance. That's what we're talking about. The art of significance, especially. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about significance and success. You know, there's a difference between being a successful person and being somebody that actually is significant. Um, That's the topic of today's show. How do we reach success? How do we reach a level of that's even higher than that called significance? Dan Clark, author and speaker, is going to be joining us to talk about that. Uh, Before we do that, though, I wanted to... um, talk about feedback because somewhere during the Oscars, um, John Travolta is introducing a song that I love, Let It Go, and Adina Adina Menzel Menzel was singing it. Beautiful, incredible. And he introduced introduced her as Adele. Who knows what that is? Say it, James, the way. Adele Mazin. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm like, oh, darn it. So I guess Adina's not singing it. And then she's, I'm like, I swear that's Adina. Anyway, he needs some feedback. So <laughs> the hard part about, you know, becoming a significant, successful a signif- person. A significant leader, especially. You got to get some uh, feedback. Yeah, you got to give, you got to take some feedback. So what are we supposed to do? Because how do you go up to John Travolta and say, uh, <laughs> hello, you blew it. Yeah, that's true. Um, number so the first the biggest thing with feedback i find is that people get defensive yeah. either way so you either get defensive by giving your feedback you're like well you definitely did this you know yeah. and you try to defend your position or you get defensive when you're getting the feedback and uh you know that being defensive is about the most unhealthy thing you can do. That's right. And it's, and it's eventually going to shut say, everyone yeah, off, right? Not to say you shouldn't have your defenses up in some sense because sure. you really don't. You can't take everybody's feedback and apply right. it. It's really funny. Um, in my writing classes, sometimes I'll get well, be in a feedback session and people will say, you should do this. And then the next person will say, no, you should do this. And they're completely polar <laughs> opposites. I'm like, well, obviously. Uh, that's why I'm not asking I can't, for feedback. You know, I can't apply all of that feedback. But – being defensive definitely gets, yeah. you know, gets Well, see, way. but defensive with you, so that's me being defensive with someone else. Like, I can't listen to myself or any of my shows. 
<laughs> because I get self-conscious. And so that almost creates the spark that might spark my defensiveness with yes, others. So definitely. I like I don't even like listening to myself and you're telling me how I sound. <laughs> get off my back. Yeah. So if you're feeling defensive and sometimes, you know, we're like I'm not being defensive. But yeah. guess what? <laughs> There's some clues. Um, if you're ru- running a list through your head of why their feedback doesn't have anything to do with you. <laughs> uh, yes, you're being if you're defensive. Finding, yeah, if you're trying to discount everything they're saying. Yes. Yeah. If you, um, you know, race to contradict a point or to prove your point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one great thing I've kind of learned is that when people are giving you feedback, don't talk until they're completely done. And if you still, when they're completely done, feel like you definitely have something you need to say, then say it. But yeah. even if it's something you disagree with or you feel like you covered or something, you know, you know, obviously, if they didn't understand that, maybe there's something to it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't use the word but. Like, but yeah. I did, you know. Yeah. Not great. And. I always suggest and. And is a better word. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one is to just kind of, like, smile and nods just so that they'll stop. Like, <laughs> if you're just like, if I just, you know, let them go through this, then I'll be done sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Not just, great. Just get this over with. Yeah. So there's definitely you, there are clues. Just pay attention to yourself, what you're saying to yourself when you um, are getting feedback. A great thing, though, um, Brene Brown has this on her website, and she calls it the Engaged Feedback Checklist. And we all know Brene Brown mm, for yeah. her vulnerability, TED Talk, her book, The Gift uh, of Imperfection. And that's a – send me that, and we'll put that up somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so she – yeah, she calls it the Daring Great – Daring Greatly, which is um, her newest book, and from it, the Engaged Feedback Checklist. She says, I know I am ready to give feedback when. She to, has to, to get or to give? To give okay. feedback. So something really important for a leader to know. Yeah. Uh, number one um, is I'm ready to sit next to you rather than across from you. Oh, interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I'm ready to give feedback if we can if I'm ready to sit next to so you. Sit next to you. And I of, you know, yeah. you just think of that. If you have if you're sitting across from a person, you have some defense. You have yeah. some space here. I like that. It's more confrontational. So sit next to a person. And by the way, sitting next to them, you can you can talk about the feedback as if it's out there, not it's it's not in between us. Mm-hmm. That's good. Number two, I'm willing to put the problem in front of us rather than between us. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get it out there. Otherwise, it's like, uh, so you don't like me? Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think a lot of it, the problem has very little to do with that person as an individual, you know, very rarely. It has to do maybe with their performance. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's something that it's not the person. So you can't just, like, put it all on the person. It's something that's out there. It's something extraneous that you can talk about. Good. Number three, I'm ready to listen, ask questions, and accept that I might not fully understand the issue. Uh You you may need more data. That's right. You know? Um, number four, I want to acknowledge what you do well instead of picking apart your mistakes. Mm-hmm. So you can also in the feedback, let's get really good. You're nailing this and this. You're doing great here. Yeah. And then use and then tell the other stuff you, you need do to do the tell. compliment sandwich. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. bad, good. Um, number five, I recognize your strengths and how you can use them to address your challenges. That's cool. I think that's a really cool thing. It's better you know? to work from a strength yeah. than a weakness. Yeah. So what, you know. What do you do well? How yeah. do you think you can apply this to the problem? And you problem? can leverage these strengths to make it better. Mm-hmm. Good. Number six, I can hold you accountable without shaming or blaming you. There you go. I really like that. Again, the problem isn't the person. It doesn't have anything to do with their worth or whether or not they're enough. Yeah. It's, you know, it's something that happened and they are accountable, but it has nothing to do with who they are really. Um, number seven, I'm willing to own my part. That's like, yeah, because <laughs> you might get Definitely. feedback that, well – it, you know, if 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 you're a better manager, yeah. this I would have known this data. And mm-hmm. 
Number eight, I can genuinely thank you for your efforts rather than criticize you for your failings. Man, yeah. Yeah. Huge. You know. Yeah, I like that. Number nine, I can talk about how resolving these challenges will lead to your growth and opportunity. Yeah. Looking forward to the future. It's a Mm. great thing to do. Number 10, I can model the vulnerability and openness that I expect to see from you. So you need to be in a spot where you are willing to take it. You know, you're willing to accept that you may have made a mistake, but you're also willing to make it better and accept that it's not you are enough. You can always improve. Love it. And I love Brene Brown. We'll put that up on my Facebook page. So if you could send me that, we'll put it out on the Twitter sphere, Facebook, Instagram. I'm sure someone will be pinning it on Pinterest, even though. Oh, definitely. I don't know how to pin anything. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think that's that's it's really great insight. Uh, feedback. We need a little bit of a feedback loop, right, to create success. Coming up next, an excellent guest, Dan Clark, uh, one of really named, in fact, one of the top ten speakers in the world. He knows what he's talking about. He's going to teach us about success versus significance and uh, from his book, The Art of Significance. Dan Clark will be with us right after this break. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show. We've got an incredible guest uh, in the studio with us today. Dan Clark is joining us. And if you haven't experienced Dan, buckle up. By the way, you should be buckled anyway if you're driving in your car. But uh, Dan is truly a master motivator and he relates so well to people. He's, I think, done everything once. And uh, you'll know that if you go to his website, Dan Clark Speaks, Dan, DanClarkSpeak.com. He's the author of 21 books and a bunch of New York Times bestsellers. And the newest book out is The Art of Significance. Dan is the CEO of an international high-performance consulting firm, university professor. In fact, our own Jessica Littlefield's husband um, has actually taken classes from Dan. And he passed, apparently. He's also an award-winning athlete who fought his way back from a paralyzing injury to cut short his football that cut short his football career. New York Times bestselling author, gold record songwriter. I want to hear about that. And one of the most sought-after speakers on the platform today. He he's literally known as one of the top ten speakers in the world. And the speakers world is actually a pretty tight community. They have a lot of awards. I know Dan is is kind of the highest level of the speaking world. Um, and they try to do that, and he's in the National Speakers Hall of Fame because they want quality, and they don't, you know, not everyone can just get to the highest levels uh, without at least, you know, not playing the game, but getting in and and being respectful and and decent and doing what you got to do. So, Dan, again, thanks so much for joining us. You know, Matt, you're the one with the legend. Oh, you're the please. one with the legacy. I've this is no. an honor. You know, you can tick off, you can check every box of which programs you really want to be on that's, 
that makes you in your mind significant and the Matt Townsend shows oh, at the top. Wow. It really is. I'm not just blowing smoke. I know, but Dan, you need to get a bigger life then. No, it's awesome. I'm so glad you didn't introduce me as a motivational speaker no. because these guys are a little shaky. They, yeah, I agree. They say stupid things like we become what we think about, and that's not I true. Know. If I no. was trying to been a woman by the time I was 12 years old. Because <laughs> you could not be, get her off your mind. <laughs> I want to be an inspirational speaker, and that's why, you, that's why it's an honor to be here well, with you, brother. I love that, too, because I, I feel the exact same way. You're not here to just make people jump, and you're not here to psych them up. You're here to get in the spirit, get in the spirit within them and let them find it, which is you wrote the book, The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success. Okay. First of all, how do you get the title of such a book? And where, where are we going with this? Because you know, success seems like enough. Yeah, but it's interesting. I had an experience. I played football for 13 years. We can get into my injury later if you so, so decide. Played football but, where? Uh, University of Utah. Yeah, that's right. Played football and baseball. That's why it's so fun to be a professor at Brigham Young University I know, and teach I bet... in my red tie. You know? <laughs> do, you, do you play the Utah card, the University Not of Utah all. card? I, I, I love the students at BYU. Yeah. It is just it's an extraordinary group of young men and young women. It just yeah. it, 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 it touches my heart every single time I teach. It's an honor to be here. But – I played football with a guy. He was drafted into the National Football League in the second round. Wow. After four years in the NFL, at the top of his game, he walks out of practice one day, quits never to play again. Why? He loved being a football player, but he hated playing football. Oh, interesting. He got what he wanted, he but he success. hated what he got. Okay. And so successful people in the, in, the, in, the, in the genre of this athlete story, he, he loved the celebrity perks mm-hmm. that allowed him fame and fortune that in turn allowed him this existence we call successful. Right. But because his inner voice and his true purpose was misaligned with what he did for a living, he could never enjoy a life of significance, which means he would die with his music still in him. Oh, yeah. Because it's not about all the trappings, is it? No. It's it's an opportunity of a lifetime to finally listen to someone like you or be in the presence of someone who reminds us that – Success and being impressive is not enough. It's no. about significance mm-hmm. and doing what's important. And on, on October 22nd, I had one of my crazy once-in-a-lifetime experiences you referred to. I got a chance to go up to the edge of space in U2 Spy Plane. You can always U2. Did you really? You, you, can, you can Google it on U2. Just go Dan Clark, U2 Spy Plane. It's pretty amusing. 15-minute documentary. Cow. But I was up there for three hours and yeah, 45 you, once minutes. Once you're up, you're up. You got to yeah. get up and stay up. And. I could see the curvature of the earth and yeah. look into the blackness of space. I saw where the blue turns to black. And it was a spiritual experience I wish everybody could have. Oh, yeah. You know, pondering eternity. And I asked my commander, I said, Gino, talk to me. You've been up here a few times. And he said, right now you and I are the highest human beings in the solar system other than the, the cosmonauts or the astronauts living at the space station. Holy I got moist cow. eyes and I'm yeah. kind of tearing up and I'm, I have my space helmet on. <laughs> I'm, I've got my gloves on. I'm like, calm down, man. I can't even see. <laughs> can't wipe my tears. So I clicked off what is called the hot mic. So I eliminated yeah. the, rea- the uh, real-time conversation. And it left me alone with myself in the sounds of silence. Oh, wow. And, I mean, I felt so close to God. It was the most amazing experience. And yeah. when... I'm sitting there by myself. What occurred to me is that everything we can take with us when we die, I had aboard with, with it's me all on with that you. aircraft. Yeah. Our education, yeah. you know, the glory of God is intelligence. Um, our character, how did we deal with adversity? Yeah. Adversity introduces to ourselves. Number three, our convictions. What do we really believe and how deeply do we believe mm. them? But number four, Matt, did my life matter? Did I leave a legacy? Am I settling for success 
money, fame, fortune, or am I willing to sacrifice and engage in service before self so that my life really does matter? Yeah. That I, I live a life of significance so I really don't die with my music still in me. That's huge. Intelligence take, you take with you, your character, your beliefs, your values, mm-hmm. and your significance, yeah, what, you've, what you've – your legacy. Yeah. Did you, did you make a difference? Do yeah. people leave you saying, I like me best when I'm with you, I want to see you again? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I love to share in my speeches around the world is that we become the average of the five people we associate with the most. Oh, that's huge. Which means, as I talk about it in my book, which means we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings. Mm-hmm. So from a financial perspective, if you're in the sales world, if you're into the, to the customer service world, we have to believe another one of my favorite quotes, wealth flows through you, not to you. Uh. I was I was sponsored in the National Speakers Association back in 1982 by Zig Ziglar. Oh, wow. And he mentored me for over 25 years, God rest his soul. And he was so famous for teaching me and others that we can get anything in this life that we want if we're just willing to help enough other people get what they want. And that's how we literally transform ourselves from success to significance. So you're almost just a vessel of significance, influencing people. But your goal is not to be a vessel just just to accumulate. It's to just, you're almost just a conduit. Absolutely. And when we can start thinking of ourselves as a conduit, suddenly from a spiritual perspective, we're just an instrument. Yeah, you're an extension. We're of an God. extension. We're the hands of Jesus. You know, it's How the story cool of, the, of, the, of, the, of the statue of, of, of the Savior having, in a move, having his hands broken off. And, and why didn't the, the ecclesiastical leader, why didn't the theologian have the, 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 uh, the hands repaired and, and put back? onto this statue, onto this porcelain figurine, and it's because he wanted a reminder that he was the hands was of Jesus. Hands. It's oh. so vitally important that we catch on that it's yeah. it's not about what we do, it's about who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's not what we do, it's with whom we do it. And so I love to remind audiences of all ages, when you put a hard-to-catch horse in the same field with an easy-to-catch horse, most of the time you end up with two hard-to-catch horses. <laughs> in the human experience, when you put a healthy child in the same room with a sick child, most of the time you end up with two sick children. That's right. So moral of the story, to be disciplined, healthy, and significant, we have to yeah. hang around with the disciplined, healthy, and significant. But it seems like that puts us on a whole new obligation level, right? Now I've got to play up instead of play down, and it seems easier to play down for a lot of us. Absolutely. I mean, let me just throw my, my daughter under the bus. She's a very famous songwriter, singer-songwriter. You know, yeah. your, your son, yeah. uh, Tanner, is, is an incredible young man. I mean, what a future he has, and what a brilliant entrepreneur and a musician. I know, he's, he's I all over it. it but I, I, too, you know, bask in the in the joy and the and the passion of my daughter. She's yeah. so talented. She, is. And she goes to Nashville. She's written with all the number one uh-huh. songwriters of the year, big time. A BYU student, by the way, graduating. <laughs> running red, a running blue. Not and right. for some reason, as she would go into Nashville, because she's such a successful songwriter and is in that level of celebrity, yeah. all the bad boys of the band were immediately attracted to my daughter. Drawn to her. And the way hormones work, I guess occasionally <laughs> my daughter would be attracted to the bad boys of the band. Well, as a conservative father, my responsibility by God is to counsel yeah. our children whenever we can. I or said, kill like, somebody that gets close exactly. to Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Take your pick. So I pull her aside one day and I said, hey, you know, you have all the tools, all the beauty, all the talent to get what you want. Yeah. But at some point, don't you want to stop long enough and back up to make sure you're wanting what you get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like water off a duck's right. back. And then I had this epiphany. One day I said, hey. I, you notice I'm not using her by name. I said, hey. <laughs> I said, um, you're a dog. Daddy, I have a great relationship with all my kids. Daddy? I said, yeah, you're a dog chasing cars. 
if you catch the car, what are you going to do with the car when you catch it? Yeah, you're dead. Just let it drag you down the road, right. beat your head against the, 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 the ground, you know? I mean, we're, we're looking at, at potential, uh, all kinds of brutal potential without stereotyping the bad boys of the band. But, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. 50% divorce rate in America, 67% divorce rate in second marriages, 72% divorce rate in third marriages, and 90% divorce rate in fourth marriages. Yeah. Come on. Don't just get what you want. you got to want what you get at the end of the day. The bells and whistles went off. She had her own epiphany. She stopped dating or being attracted to the yeah. bad boys of the band. It's about <sighs> significance in parenting, in coaching, in teaching, in living our lives. Well, and it's to me, it's lasting. You're you're focusing on what lasts, not. I mean, you could get her to do it by just threatening her. You could scare her and say, "Look, I'll pull all the funds. I'll pull you out of there if I have to. I'll come there and hound you every day and live with you." But. That, I guess that would have been success, but it wouldn't have gotten the significant. She she can love you still, and she's made the choice herself. So true, and that's it. Kind of ties into my book. What I did with the art of significance is I identified the twelve principles of success that most of us have adhered to that allow us to live this life of success. Right. And I challenged the status quo and replaced these 12 principles with what I call the 12 highest universal laws of life-changing leadership. Hmm. Law number one, practice obedience instead of free will agency. Yeah. And so when I bounced that off of my children and bounced it off of their friends, the, the, the feedback immediately was, what do you mean you're going to tell us what to do? Don't, you, you have no right to tell us what to do. We're adults. We're now 21 years of age. We're now you know, adults. Yeah. We you can do what we want to do. Right. And I said, bingo. I said, most parents think that that teaching obedience is controlling the behavior of their children. No. Free will agency is such a critical part of of God's plan for man, God's plan for happiness. If we want to get into a theological explanation, Heavenly Father, he weeps. He must weep because he allowed through free agency and through free free will choice for one-third of his his spirit children to be cast out. And he didn't step in and and force that not to happen. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that. But in the context of this chapter, what I tried to do is dissect the reality of this highest and first law of the universe. Yeah, We were given obedience, but we were also given free will agency to test our obedience uh-huh. and to keep our free will agency in place at all times and in play at all in all circumstances. We were given what is called an opposition in all things. There you go. So that we always are enticed by one or the other. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day... I'm not telling my children what to do. I'm not, I'm not telling my, my players or my students that they must obey. What we need to do is inspire one another yeah. to choose out of our own free will and choice to obey and walk on higher land, walk on higher ground. Well, and giving – I mean obedience is higher than being a free agent. Absolutely. I mean, because obedience free, to your God is going to ensure the blessings and the peace. But even in a secular world, free will – is not free at all right. because free will There's does not protect our agency. That's right. Free will misused takes away our it, agency. You go to jail. You lose and that's your why freedom. we go into prison. That's why we get folks, you know, in a situation where they think suicide is the is the yeah. is the solution, well, and or obedience. they get themselves into in a depression situation. Yeah. Obedience, because you're teaching twelve principles or ten. Twelve. Twelve laws. Tw- twelve I call. laws. A principle is debatable. Yeah. A law is matter of fact. They're not my laws. They're just universal laws. Well, and being obedient to a law is going to reap you a benefit. Exactly. Even if you want to be a free will agent. And, and as we know, disobedience brings. Fourth, a specific consequence. That's so true. Oh yeah. So she, you know, she quit dating all the. Yeah, she's I she's mean, just, awesome. Now she's, she's a, going by her light versus absolutely. her. 
And then chemistry. the law of attraction kicks in. Yeah, it's You know, huge. being a primary contributing author to the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, I'm often asked, hey, Clark, what's the secret? I'm going to write a new book. There's no secret. Yeah. It's the law of attraction, There's which no has been secret. around for thousands right. of years. But if you think about the law of attraction, it's a reality deal because our world is set up, relationship world is set up with vibration, energy, and frequency. Yeah. And if I'm walking along campus as a young co-ed at BYU or Utah or wherever the, the, the college campus exists, and I'm sending out a negative vibe, I'm never going to attract a second look, eye contact, or any vibe from someone who's not on my same yeah. vibration. Yeah, so you're going to start attracting your... Negative attracts negative and positive attracts positive. And then yeah. when we find a reason to connect, that's when the frequency of feedback kicks in and we want to stay around. We want yeah. to be with each other, like I said a moment ago, and actually leave each time on a date, each time in a business engagement saying, I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see you again. That's Well, and on top of the law of attraction, there's also at least 10 other laws we're going to learn about. Oh, yeah. So there's more than one law. So you also yeah, you have to know all the laws, right? You have to you have to start balancing our understanding. We're talking with Dan Clark, the author of the book, The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. He's going to keep uh, teaching us some of these laws. And, uh, you know, I think along the way you're already noticing he's going to inspire you. He's going to get in your heart. He's going to get in the spirit. And... Uh, and bring some new light to all of us. We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are uh, loving our interview right now with Dan Clark. He's the author of the book, The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success. He's teaching us the laws, okay? Ten or twelve laws. I keep saying ten for some reason, Dan. Right. Well, maybe you keep the maybe, commandments and maybe, you're a good boy. Yeah, maybe I'm if there's impressed. only ten. See, you've added yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. But Dan's <laughs> teaching us. And by the way, you got to go to his website just to see... Some of his funny videos, I mean, getting on airplanes with fighter pilots, flying upside down. I've done something similar to that with, a, with an acrobatic pilot. And, I mean, the fact that you were on a U-2 spy plane, I mean, that's unheard of. That's, you've got to have some serious clearance. Um, these principles, they're not just affording you a great life with many opportunities, but you've earned trust in a, and significance with people that have opportunities and mm-hmm. you're you're literally now attracting these opportunities to you. Yeah, you know, like law number 10, love and be needed instead of romanced and used. Mm. And when I sat down with Adrian Zakheim, one of the world's most famous uh, publishers at, at Penguin back in New York when I was, you know, negotiating my book deal, he phoned me back and he says, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." He says, "How in this how in the world can this be a business leadership self-mastery book?" And you have one of your laws, love and be needed instead of romance and, and used. And after I explained it to him, you know, we sh- swapped a couple of tears. And he said, this could be the most significant law in the book. And I'm like, no, it's just one of the 12 most <laughs> significant laws. It's interesting, but it seemed new to him. Almost yeah. like, whoa. And, and so what I've done is I've tried to dissect it down um, and, and, and pull it apart to the, 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 the most basic understanding. Yeah. If you think about it. 
if I love you because you're beautiful, that's romance. If you're beautiful because I love you, that's real love. It's yeah. a value-creating love that inspires us to, to be the best that we can be. Yet how many of us confuse love commitment with romance emotion? What have we oh. said our whole lives? Oh, I love him so much yeah. he makes me feel differently than right. I've ever felt before. Right. Oh, I love her so much she makes me feel differently than i ever felt before. So do breakfast burritos. <laughs> I feel different think, every time I have Yeah, it. if you think you're in love, maybe you need a long, cold shower <laughs> and a box of Rolex. That's right. What's my point? I love you means absolutely nothing unless we back it up with action. So true. So the three most powerful commitment-oriented words in this world are not I love you. They are I need you. Hmm. I get, you know. Well, yeah, some are going to say, oh, no, come on. You've got to be independent. You shouldn't need someone. I've written songs forever and and. and when I, I never really had the courage to sing in public until one of my good friends decides he's going to get married. He phones me up, Clark, will you write a song for my wedding? I said, yeah. He said, will you sing it? I said, no. The next few minutes, he convinced me that we were best friends. You know, <laughs> I gave we, you my we, kidney. Yeah, that we go back a long ways. It would be cool if you participated with me in my special day. I said, all right, I'll do it. I wrote the song. Two days later, he phones me back. Clark, the band is called and canceled. Could you prepare about 40 or 50 songs for the rest of the wedding reception? I said, no. He said, I need you. What a jerk. There you go. And he said, I love you. I'd have said, I love you too. Here's the number of a band. Yeah, get a band. But he said, I need you. So he made me feel like I was not just good. Oh, I was good for something that yeah. my little weird-shaped puzzle really did fit. I could make a serious a significant contribution. That's fantastic. His w- wedding rolls around on the calendar. He makes a big deal of my first little love song, gathers everybody around. I sing my song. Everybody's crying. They disperse, start to ref- have their refreshments, start to socialize. I sang the first song out of the 40 or 50 songs that I'd practiced and prepared, and all of a sudden the band shows up. Miscommunication. Now he doesn't need you. Now he doesn't need me. So why hang around? I didn't. I left the wedding reception. That is the message coming through loudly and clear from every one of us, especially teenagers, yeah. especially college students, especially parents with their children, children with their parents. Most of us, if not all of us, know we're liked. Mm-hmm. Most of us know we are loved. But if we don't believe we're needed, why hang around? Yeah. Suicide, that epidemic is pandemic now again in 2013, 2014. Yeah. And I really believe, really believe that we need to have a, a serious discussion, maybe even have me back on your yeah, show and sure. just focus in on it, because this is what I've discovered, that because of the system that we live in, because of the society that each of us have helped create, we can't afford to wait for somebody else to tell us or show us that we are needed. Yeah, We have to do something on a daily basis to prove to ourselves that we are needed. So the kicker word in a commitment relationship is to participate more, get involved. If you don't feel like you're needed at school, participate yeah. more, get involved. If you don't feel well, like yeah. you're needed at home, participate more, get involved. Well, what happens if you're not needed? I mean, how many times when I went on the road and started traveling, my wife grew into not needing me? Absolutely. Then it's kind of like, okay, well. And it's not a dependence word. It's no. not a codependence. That's negative, no, especially in the addictive world. When we say when we say need, what we're doing is we're we're creating value. We're making sure that we keep ourselves relevant. That right. we don't just give up on our dreams. That we hang around with extraordinary individuals who trigger passion, creativity, and imagination. In order to have that kind of a friend, we have to first be that, be that. kind of a friend. That's and huge. so at the end of this chapter, at the end of this law, law number ten. What we realize is that the way we prove to ourselves that we are needed on a daily basis is through service before self. Mm. It's so critically important that we figure out a way to serve. And once we serve, we prove to ourselves that we are needed. And once we prove to ourselves that we are needed, we create significance. Now you're significant. It's so easy. And especially if you think you're depressed. When I was paralyzed playing football, I thought I was depressed. And what I learned was there are individuals in our world who have a chemical imbalance. They, they really have a medical challenge. Yeah. And they deserve and they need 
unconditional love and non-judgmental friendship. And we need to give them all the medical attention they deserve. But most people who say they're depressed are just flippantly misusing that word. Because what I discovered, giant difference between being depressed and being disappointed. Huge difference between being depressed and being discouraged. And if you're disappointed and discouraged, fire up. Get a dream. Have a reason. Serve. Hang around with those people who remind you you can't quit. It's a league rule. (laughs) And yet... You know, when we go into law number eight, experience harmony instead of forcing balance. I mean, most of us don't need anything else on our plate. Most of us are so out of control. We we let stress get us down, especially that woman who feels like she needs to do this and do this and do this. Oh, and on top of that, do a little more because she also is the mother of the children. She's the domestic goddess. Yeah. She rules the roost and has the castle as well as the other, you know, expectations, especially if she's a co-breadwinner. Well, what I point out in law number eight, experiencing harmony begins when you start thinking of yourself as a juggler. A juggler only controls the ball in her hand. Oh, yeah. At one time, all you can do is get the one and then get the rest up in the air. Once you've let go of the ball, you've relinquished control. So why worry about it? And once you feel like you're in control of every single moment, then you start bringing in the passion, creativity, and imagination and start creating harmony through service and through delegation. You don't have to do it all yourself. No. I mean, you don't have to force balance. How many times do parents try to force something on their family? We are going to enjoy this trip. That's funny. Absolutely. (laughs) And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But let's all get in the moment right now and feel the harmony or feel it when it's there. And it really begins with what can I do for you? Man, you know, even damn. in the sales world, sell, 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 give. I mean, excuse me, give, 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 sell, Equals, give, give, yeah, give, yeah. sell, give, give, give before you take. You know, as Kevy always taught, yeah. you know, life's a bank. Yeah. You got to deposit, 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 deposit before you're in a position to withdraw. Dan Clark, hey, we're going to take a break. We're coming back. I, I tell, I told you, I told you, you're going to be inspired. <laughs> he get now, and what's amazing about this, and I want him to touch on this. So if you're a Buddhist, if you're a Hindu, Muslim, Mormon, LDS, Catholic, whatever you are, you're just teaching principles, laws, universal, visible in the experience of life. Dan Clark's giving us 12 principles or laws, 12 laws. The Art of Significance is his book, Achieving the Level Beyond Success. Go to his web, website, danclarkspeaks.com. Oh, no, danclarkspeak.com. And... Uh, Find out more about him as well as go anywhere on earth and you'll get the book, The Art of Significance. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Incredible uh, guests joining us today, teaching us the difference between just being successful. Not that that's bad. I mean, success is great. But significant um, is the power to get into someone's heart, get into someone's life, make a difference that uh, that talks more than numbers, per se, talks more than just, you know, things. There's only a few things you're going to take with you to heaven, right? Significance is going to be one of them. Dan Clark's the guy joining a CEO of an international high-performance consulting firm, university professor, award-winning athlete, New York Times bestseller, 21 books uh, on the shelf already, gold record uh, songwriter, recording artist, and highly, highly sought-after speaker. He's actually been inducted into the National Speakers Hall of Fame. And 
honestly, he's the real deal. So we're sitting here, just a bunch of us and our producers during the break, and he's sitting there like, hey, let me make a call for somebody to help you get in this. I mean, you, Dan Clark, for crying out loud, you don't, you're the real deal. You're such a good You man. just gave your cell phone to no, a producer okay. that's a student that's looking for a job <clears throat> because that's significant. Who yeah, does but- that? What goes around comes around, and you know, karma's a real deal. It is I a real deal, that. don't you think? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think that's what life's about. Like I said earlier, wealth flows through you, not yeah. to you. And I really believe what Zig taught me: you can get anything in life you want if you're just willing to help enough other people get. Yeah. What, what tutored they want. by Zig Ziglar, for heaven's sakes. You know, when I was hurt playing football, that the vice president of the University of Utah brought me by a cassette tape to listen to by a quote motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar. And yeah. I thought, whoa, his mom ran out of names. Yeah. So out of curiosity, I played it. And it changed my whole life. I love that man. God rest his soul. Oh, he, and I, you know, it's amazing. Again, talk about significance. Think of how many lives, how many men or women quote him mm-hmm. as kind of a change maker that took him on a different direction. But Stephen Covey, I felt the same way. Yeah, you know. One of the things I point out in my book is that too many times we've been led to believe these these cliches. For example, we've been force fed for decades. You got to think outside the lines. You got to think yeah. outside the box. the box. And I'm always the guy in the back of the room that says, "What if the answers are still in the box? Yeah. Stay in the box." <laughs> Most people who come to meetings come in search of the new answers. When in reality, don't you think we ought to come in search of the right answers? Right. And the right answers have always been right, or we can't call them right. And as a closet philosopher, one of the, the, the fascinating quotes I came across many years ago was, was by Plato that really transformed my perspective and my perception. Plato taught all knowledge is recollection, oh. which means when either one of us stand up in front of one of our audiences, Matt, and we say something provo- profound or provocative, it's someone in the audience nods their head in agreement. Yeah. We're not teaching them anything new. They're just recalling something that they already learned in a previous experience. I love that. Well, see, again, there's the conduit. Yeah. So it's not like these are your ideas or new ideas, because before the break, I asked you, Buddhists, I know they're thinking, holy cow, this is Buddha and Confucius. And this knowledge, this light is on the earth. You're just – these laws are Yep. Truth is truth wherever it's found on Christian or on heathen ground. We can can find almost a word verbatim version of the golden rule – in nine major world religions, including yeah. Buddhism, including Hinduism, yeah. including Islam, including yeah. Judaism. It's amazing how truth is truth. And so what I tried to do with this book, I didn't try to do anything. What I did with this book was identify the 12 highest universal laws that never have to be changed. Never The book never has to be updated. Mm-hmm. You know, I've known Covey forever for a thousand years and interviewed him several times. And he's just one of my heroes. And so on our on our personal scale i you know i read seven habits just like so many yeah. of us did i devoured it and i can publicly announce that i've got four of those seven habits down pat and then i find out there's another one he writes the eighth, <laughs> the eighth habit. habit i immediately emailed him calm down <laughs> we don't adding we don't habits. need any more habits <laughs> and true. so my message through the art of significance is we don't need another plan we yeah. don't need seven habits no. we don't I, well i should slam blue. him we don't need six steps too that's right. what i'm trying to say because seven habits is, is phenomenal it's yeah. timeless wisdom but we don't need another program. Yeah. That's what I'm trying That's to say. It. What we, we need to need do next... is inspire one another to just dig deep inside and live the truths that we already know. Yeah. That's, don't you think most people already know what they could do today to be significant? So if you ask oh, them that yeah. question, in their heart, something would come up 
But then there's the then you have to overcome the fear, the the, the shame, the I know, but I blah. Oh yeah. And then even they got even the story. teenagers. When you know, I was the guy in the Reagan White House back in the in the 1980s that did the Just Say No program for Mrs. Reagan. Spoke to over six million teenagers in all 50 states, all 10 provinces of Canada between 83. And wow. So I am always in interacting with these teenagers. And one of the most amusing things was to ask these teenagers, who are the most honest people in the world, if you had you for a child, would you be nervous? <laughs> and they all kind of laugh and go, whoa, man, I wouldn't even let me go out. I would have been grounded <laughs> since DNA. No idea. Which means they know. that we all know. And in my theology, I was taught that, 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 that our conscience is given to every man and woman at birth. It's hmm. an inherent ability for us to recognize truth from error, right from wrong. Which means, Matt, that our conscience will never fail us. Only our desire to follow it decreases as we continue to do the wrong thing. That's right. That's why we need to hang around with significant individuals. Yeah. That's why we need to be that easy-to-catch horse, that, that, that healthy child. Because as we continually do the wrong thing, as I came into the sound studio, if it stunk really bad and it was so repulsive my eyes watered, <laughs> if I stayed here for five minutes, suddenly it wouldn't smell no. anymore. We become Welcome desensitized to right. the world. You know, as you were commenting on the Oscars and all the, the, the in-between-the-line messages that we, were, that we were learning as we watched last yeah. night— um, and I've been to the Oscars, I've been to the Grams, I've been on all those programs. As you were commenting before I came on the air, it's just so superficial. Could you sense it when you're there? Oh my gosh, because it's all about the clothes, it's all about the box office, yeah, the you know, profits, it's all about this, it's all about that. And then on top of that, when you have someone deliver a message of significance, yeah, it always stands out, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, Kutcher, uh, Ash- Ashton, Ashton Kutch- Kutcher, when he was at the People's Choice Awards, the Kids' Choice, and he took that platform opportunity to say to these these adoring teenagers, you know, it's great to be sexy, and they all cheered. And he says, you know what sexy is? It's getting an education. That's it's awesome. doing the right thing. And yeah. I challenge all of your listeners to rekindle that. Just Google that speech. Yeah. Because what he did was take his platform of success— and used his platform and his influence to encourage and inspire all of us to live a life of significance. Yeah. Really and truly, those four things that I, that I learned in space are tried and true. You yeah. cannot take significance away from us. Mm-mm. And it's so critically important that we figure out a way to carve out a little bit of each day yeah. to just do something for someone else when we know we're not going to get the credit. Well, and again, we all look at Ashton Kutcher like, oh, come on, use your stardom to do something. And then when he does, a lot of us still can't get over the past that he hasn't. But that's significant is when you take your success and align it to spirit, power, intelligence, your character, your beliefs. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we all know that because those are the people that we – those are the people that, – that's when we actually want to believe somebody or follow someone to the core. I totally agree. That's leadership. You know, one of my favorite little stories that I love to throw in usually at the conclusion of one of my speeches is a 30-second vignette that, that that illustrates the power of support. Sometimes words get in the way as a professional yeah, speaker. Right, totally. Sometimes words get in the way. The story, a mother encourages her daughter to come home as soon as school is over. The time comes, the time goes. 30 minutes later, daughter walks in through the front door of her home and her mother scolds her. Where have you been? I've been worried sick. She says, oh, mommy. I walked my friend Sally home. She dropped her doll on the sidewalk. I broke all the pieces. It was awful. Her mother said, so you stayed to help your friend pick up the pieces of the doll and put it back together again? She said, oh, no, Mommy, I don't know how to fix the doll. I just stayed to help her cry. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's a good song. Turned it into a country song. But the message is so apropos. Yeah, totally. We need to put ourselves in a position of success. Question. You have to be successful before you can be significant. Absolutely. But it has nothing to do with money. Yeah, you have to be rich. No. You can be that basketball coach who's striving for success because his job's on the line and he has to win that conference championship as a high school coach. And then what does he do? He puts in his trainer who happens to be autistic or happens to be, you know, have Down syndrome. Yeah, don't you love those And the kid goes in there, and we've all seen it on the internet, and he scores six three-pointers in a row, (laughs) and everybody remembers that more than ever winning the championship or how many points were scored on the scoreboard that night. We're starving for significance, aren't we? We are, as a a world, we need more. There's success, but we need more significance. Absolutely. You know what's holding us back? Law number 12. I really believe as a a public speaker – and as a teacher of public speaking, that we need to understand the power of bookends. Hmm. I began the, the discussion of the 12 highest universal laws with obedience because it's the first and highest law of the universe. Everything is, is predicated upon it. Right. But I concluded with law number 12, forgiveness. Forgive oh, instead huge. of apologize. Because if you think about it, those of us who carry anger and a grudge, it's like us drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. It's like being stung to death by one bee. <laughs> and at some point, we've got to learn to let go, and as we say, let God, and and get on with, with life. You know, forgiving our enemies is so therapeutic. Forgiving ourselves is so important because before we can forgive anyone else, we have to first forgive ourselves. And the therapists that I've interviewed say that's the hardest issue at all. And the way we forgive ourselves is to give more than we've ever taken away and remember Awesome quotes. No matter what our past has been, we have a spotless future. Mm -hmm. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. If you and I are looking out this beautiful window and it starts to rain and and I say, what a horrible day. And you say, oh, no, Dan, this is great. We're replenishing the the Earth's water supply. The weather did not change. So we really are in control of our attitude. Attitude is is everything. When your attitude's right, your abilities will always catch up. It sounds like I've just gone off on some cliche cliff. No, but... But they're so true. And the if principle we live behind them, it, the, the law behind it is it's real. Absolutely. But it's funny because we, we almost hate it to be that simple. We want it complicated. I guess that convolution, when we get to convolute and make it something more complicated, that way I can only have it. Or, exactly. But we're just dodging. We're exactly. just dodging. And the way we circumvent that dodging is to understand law number 11. Law number 10, I said, love and be needed instead of romance and used. And I... And I elevated this word commitment to one of the 12 highest laws. Hmm. But then in law number 11, I relegated commitment back to just one of the success principles and replaced it with this powerful word covenant. Yeah. So let's talk Teach about that. that for one second. So covenant's a, different than a commitment. Absolutely. A commitment is a two-way contract born out of suspicion. Born I, out of suspicion. Uh, yeah. I you, don't. Yeah, I don't. You make a list of your responsibilities, I'll make a list of my responsibilities. I'll hold you accountable for your list, you will hold me accountable for my Mm -hmm. list. When either one of us violates any one of those lists of responsibilities, the contract is nil and void. Mm. That's why we have so much divorce. That's why we have our world just caving in. And that's why we think, oh, I can't do it, or I'm beating myself up from my past because the contract broke, because the commitment is no longer in, in play. A covenant is a one-way promise. Now think about it. A commitment is a two-way, two-way. contract. Yeah. A, pr- a covenant is a one-way promise born out of love and trust. Right. 
In other words, regardless of what you say or how you treat me, I will still be the same. I will still serve. I will still be honest. I will still have integrity and and service before self and a commitment to excellence in all I do. Hmm. Interesting. One of my dearest friends on the planet, Diamond Dallas Page, professional wrestler, (laughs) you know, pretty crass on the outside, but more character than anybody you'll understand. My my kids call him Uncle Dallas. You know, he came to my son's wedding. He'll be to our daughter's wedding. How great. I'm in the backseat of his car in L.A. We're driving along. His wife, Kimberly, sitting next to him, and all of a sudden the phone rings. He grew up on the shore of New Jersey, Ocean Township, Asbury Park, Long Branch, pretty affluent area. John Bon Jovi, you know, Bruce Springsteen, it's kind of that neighborhood. I'm not eavesdropping, but I'm reading between the lines. Someone calls him on his cell phone, and he basically says that somebody calls him on the phone for backstage backstage passes, front row seats to the Bruce Springsteen concert. He says, yeah, this is who you call. This is what you do. Call me, and this is how I can take care of you. He hangs up the phone, and his wife, Kimberly, says, Dallas, why are you always so nice to him? All he ever does is use you. And Dallas flippantly says, why should I allow what somebody else does or what's how someone else treats me to change who I am. That's huge. That's covenant. That is. It's a one-way promise. So in the, my theology, my particular theology, if I want to, if I choose to pay a 10% tithe, I pay that 10% tithe regardless of what the economy is. Yeah. If my spouse is 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 making a mistake, if my spouse or significant other does something to violate my trust, mm-hmm. why should that change how I treat her? No, you know your principles. Exactly. You know your laws. And if you think about it from a missionary perspective, yeah. we attract people to our own particular theology, not through doctrine. We attract them through love. Uh-huh. We tra- attract them through communication, through 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 saying, you know what, same God who made you made me too. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we connect at that deepest level first. Yeah. And then from there, we can explore, explore our doctrines and try to come up with the, the truest principles of, of success and, and significance that we need to live by yeah. in order to, to keep the commandments of God. It's like the principles. Holy cow, are we out of time? It's like the principles, or it's, it's I keep using the word principle. Um, it's the, there's something bigger than all of us. We can tie into it. Or we can just, I guess, rely on more of the laws of the world. Like success is different than significance, and the payoffs are different. Um, and a lot of times we misconstrue them. What would you say? So if we if we had to focus on one thing, Dan Clark teaches one thing that is the big thing, the the eighty percent leveraged thing that we take away from Dan Clark in the book. What what's the one thing we should be working on? You know, one of my favorite quotes as a as a preamble to my answer is by Jay Stone. He said, and it's in my book, the most significant creators I know are those artists whose medium is life itself. Hmm. The ones who express the inexpressible without brush, hammer, clay, or guitar. They neither paint nor sculpt. Whatever their presence touches has increased life. They see and they don't have to draw. They are the artists of being fully alive. Wow. So the idea That's is huge. for us to be fully alive. And, you know, if we, you know, one of my hero speakers is, is Jimmy, jo- Jimmy Valvano, oh, old North man. Carolina yeah. State coach, uh, coached my great friend Thurl Bailey in the 1983 National Championship NCAA. He was on the ESPY Awards. And he, it, it, he, only, he died a couple of weeks after that. He was yeah. in the 1993 ESPY Awards. And they've named the, the, the ESPY after him for, right. for courage and perseverance. A young man in Arizona State University by the name of Anthony Robles, he won the National NCAA Championship in 2012 with only one leg. He was born with only one leg. Holy cow. 
he calls me to help him write his acceptance speech for the ESPYs. And I said, well, because the award's named after Jimmy Valvano, how about if both of us watch that video replay of his amazing speech? So his body is completely consumed with cancer. cancer he has yeah. tumors everywhere on the inside and outside. They know he's going to die in just a few weeks. And he stands there with the light flashing, telling him it's his, his time is up. And he defies the producer of the television <laughs> show and says, I came here to deliver a message. And it was so simple, but yet so profound. And I want to steal his words yeah, just to answer it. your question as we go off the air. Jimmy Volvano said, if you can think, laugh, and cry every single day, that's a heck of a, heck of a day. Mm. As a professional speaker in my speeches, I believe if we can think, laugh, and cry in every single one of my speeches, that's a heck of a speech. That's we a go on speech. an emotional roller coaster ride. So my answer to your question, what I want people to take away from me is that we are in charge of our destiny. It's not fate. No. And we can believe all we want, thy will be done. But it's our responsibility to participate. I believe in my heart of hearts that things happen for a reason, but it's our responsibility to determine what the reason is. And therefore, the, the, the most important thing that I learned through my injury, played football for 13 years, I was hitting a tackling drill, mm-hmm. I drooped, lost of speech, that went back to normal, but my right side stayed paralyzed and my arm dangled at my side. For 14 months, I was paralyzed. 16 doctors told me I wouldn't get better, and as I started to get better, I was asked to speak. And now that I've recovered, the most frequently asked question is, Clark, why were you paralyzed for 14 months? <laughs> and the answer is because I was asking the wrong questions. Oh, interesting. I was asking the doctors how to get better when I should have been asking myself. Why. Yeah, you knew. Yeah. And once we answer why, figuring out the how-to is pretty simple. It's so so powerful. the closing quote is, pain is a signal to grow, not to suffer. And once we learn the lesson the pain teaches us, the pain goes away, which means in life there's no mistakes, only lessons. Mm. And if we commit ourselves on a daily basis that no matter what our past has been, we have a spotless future, that it's only about lessons. We're going to get over the pain. We're going to get over the stumbling. We're going to learn the lesson and get back up and go again, which means guaranteed we stop competing and comparing ourselves against others, start competing against ourselves, which is all about significance. That's huge. (sighs) Dan Clark, you did it. You're so funny. You did great. (laughs) The art of significance. I was so worried about you, Dan, because I didn't know if you'd be able to talk because you i mean i thought this would scare you this format you're so funny. you've only spoken everywhere on this earth and, and now space you, and now you're looking at me like now we're wondering if we can get you to shut up no i love this it i want you to keep well. going everybody have me back have me back uh, no, let's talk sure. about I something else no yeah. i like i want we're gonna ask you off air how often is too often no because no, i love I, you back whenever you're around well i'm so fascinated about you i think what would be fun i have the 12 laws and we have so many let's stories. do a relationship let's do it oh brother let's do it I'm the, what are you uh, doing this Friday? Let's just hang out. Let's do it. No, I'm, I'm serious. It'll be okay. great. Uh, and then when you're down on campus, too. Okay we'll, okay, we'll talk. Thanks, brother. Dan Clark. Everybody go to his website, danclarkspeak.com. You need an S on that, Dan. I know, apparently. No, you don't. <laughs> just for me, for heaven's sakes. Uh, go check out the book, The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success, plus the other 20 other books, New York Times bestsellers. The man, the myth, the legend, Dan Clark. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Thanks, man. We're taking a break. This is Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Just about one minute before we got to take another break. Really, what a guy. Man, if you did not, if you're just tuning in and you missed that. Dan Clark. 
Go to our website, byuradio.org, and check out tomorrow, this hour. That it, was amazing. It makes you think, like, okay, you got to get going. You got to get on your yeah, life. Yeah. 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 Let's let's talk about that for a minute, Mike. Um, how's the dating thing going? Dating is going really well. How are the dating? How's the dating going with these ladies that have signed up? Like, hey, I like you, the Mikey. They are so busy. They so, are so, so they're busy. not answering. No, they answer, but they just uh, decline and they say, "Oh, how I about think we maybe, scared them away." Maybe next weekend. Well, I'll tell you what. I did go on a date this weekend. Okay, let's I hear had it. to call six until the sixth one finally said yes. Went to a hockey game with me. Really had a blast. She said she'd be willing to come on. Is uh, she? Did is it going to go anywhere? Uh, possibly. We'll see, Matt. You know, maybe if we brought her on, I could ask questions that might help close the deal. Because I don't know if you know this. But I have a doctorate, <laughs> and I am a relationship expert. Life coach. I, I'm glad I'm on the show. This is what I need. I need this some is, direction. We'll help you. I can help you. And Dan's the one. I mean, you just need three quotes from Dan Clark. And, and I'm boom. set for life. We're going to have him back regularly, and then we can ask him to, you know, what's a good closer? But see, I guess the issue is do you want success with these women or do you want significance? Right. If I were you, I'd go, with, I'd go for significance. You know that's something I'll have to think about. I'll, I'll. Uh, I mean, success would I'll be hey, a kiss on the doorstep. No, you want to get to their heart. heart. That's deep. It's not even just deep. It's profound. Matt, you are like a motivational speaker. I, you know what? I, he, he's a doctor. I, I'm more he's a doctor. like. No, I'm more like a motivational speaker. Dan's more like an inspirational speaker. He honestly, and I've I've wanted to have him on the show forever, and. I, you know what? It's just now is the time. Yeah, we're ready. But <sighs> things stuff. are going well. We'll have okay. more updates for you so, in the future. Um, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, doing this experiment and it's, doing it with such character because, you know, you could be a jerk about it, but you really care about a lot of these girls because you're learning a lot about all 220 of them. Trying yeah. to figure out, you know, who should you go out with? And then, then there's the few that actually answer their calls. <laughs> They, they, most of them answer. They're just they're all really they're busy. busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, which is hey, maybe this is why none of them are getting married. I, maybe maybe I need to be more of a jerk. You know, some girls like jerks. No, don't, don't be a jerk. So? Don't be more of a jerk. Well, I was walking around on campus and I overheard this conversation. A girl was talking to her friend, and this is all I heard. Yeah. Oh, he's he's a really nice guy, but and that's all I caught. So I'm like, really? oh, I need to find that guy and find tell out. him to be more of a jerk. Yeah. Maybe. That might work. No, I don't think I wouldn't so. go there. No. I'd go for significance. Unless you're going to be a significant jerk, then that's different. Yeah, that is a whole different league. Well done. Man, I'm <laughs> pumped. He's inspired me. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. Julie Nelson's going to be joining us. She's the, uh, <laughs> the child whisperer, we call her. Uh, the bomb mom and the child whisperer. She's going to give us some insights into uh, parenting, comparisons. Watch out. Because they tend to undermine your significance. We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show. Hey, today we're talking about the art of significance and finding, you know, finding the unique gift that you get to bring to this world 
the song that only you can sing. Who better to help us with that than Julie Nelson? We call her the bomb mom, the child whisperer. She's a mother of five children, author of the book Parenting with Spiritual Power. She's got a master's degree in marriage and family and human development. She teaches classes such as applied parenting and marriage and relationship skills at Utah Valley University. She's been in every major journal, Wall Street Journal, Parents.com. She's on the Matt Townsend Show every two weeks. Then I have re- achieved the pinnacle of my career. This is the apex. If this is as good as it gets, Julie, <laughs> you're in trouble. But you did change your website, so everybody should go check out her website, a spoonfulofparenting.com. Yeah, because you hated my last one, and yeah. I— and I, uh, I didn't hate it. It's just yeah. you just threw in your middle initial Yeah. at the end. To be unique. See, that's the whole point of the yeah. show is to be unique. Yeah. And you just shot me down. Yeah, I blew it up. I went home. I, I cried for days. On it. Did your husband, like, defend you? Because he usually defends me. He does. He defends you rather than I li- me. I like your husband. I've never even met him, I don't think. But You'd like him. He sounds great. You'd like him. Is he cute? He's a hottie. Is he? Mm-hmm. Tall? He's six foot one. Whoa. Loads He's of a fun. spoonful of, of sugar. loving <laughs> cuteness. So um, you're, you've got a really cool topic for us because one of the universal things it seems like that humans do is we compare. Right. So like last night at the Oscar Awards, everyone's comparing everyone's gown to everyone mm-hmm. else's gown. Mm-hmm. Hey, in the end, everyone can have a beautiful gown. That's right. Can't we all just get along? And I think the worst uh, comparison that we can make is as parents, and I think we all do it. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. Right? Like you shouldn't compare your children. Yeah. Well, Because you know, there's I, your favorite, for exactly. example. I have favorites. I won't tell you who yeah. they are. Do they know who they are? <laughs> I always tell them, you know, I'm doing this because you're my favorite. And they're like, yeah. but mom, you love her just as much. I'm like, but don't tell her that. Yeah. Because right now you're my favorite. That's it. See, that now they know you're joking. Yeah. It's, yeah. But that's healthy. But, you know, as parents, what we do is we, first of all, we compare ourselves to other parents, don't we? Oh, that's what so, we're doing. Our yeah. whole life is, is, oh, I'm not good as her. She's good a better parent than mm-hmm. I am. And then it defeats us. And then we stop trying. Our kids do it too, right? Yeah. Because they're like, well, so-and-so's mom, she lets them stay out till late. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, you're not she's as nice. Not a good mom. She's not she lets me or they, they let their child do that and yeah. so why aren't you and they're like, You're right, I'm the worst parent in the world <laughs> Your kids are like, Man, mom, I didn't mean to hurt you no, that much. No, I could say that really sarcastically with a smile on face. But usually what I say is then they must not love their child as much yeah, as I they love hate you. You know, I love you way better. That's why I give you these rules. I had a friend, a neighbor friend who, um, as parents, they had to call the police because at 3 o'clock their son hadn't come home. And they called him and called him, and he had fallen asleep with some friends. They had all just fallen asleep watching a movie, but at 3 in the morning, everyone's asleep. And the cops had to show up at a house, knock on the door, and go in and find this boy. And the cops were thinking, oh, what are you doing? Are you drunk? He's like, no, we don't drink. Well, well, is this your girlfriend's house? No, we're just a bunch of friends. We just So what were you doing? No, we really just fell asleep. <laughs> we really, really just fell asleep. But, I mean, then right then as a parent, you're like, I'm a failure because I can't even get my kid home. Yeah. Or if, if that was your house, you're a failure because you let people sleep. Right. And, you know, and every parent parents differently. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. But is your way worse or better than someone else's way? No, because no. these are your unique children. And, They're unique. That's the word you of know, choice, huh? Unique. Unique, unique versus unique. <laughs> unique is the key because every child's different, so you can't just parent them all the same. Right, and each child, and so you don't want to also, uh, you know, have just just your parenting fall always 
flat next to someone else's parenting, but right. each child fall flat against another child. But that's hard because most people don't have your book. Right, the parenting. They should parenting with spiritual. Power, they totally should. Which there's they a, can there's find, a chapter on this too. They can find on the website a spoonful of parenting dot com. But if they don't have the book, then how are we supposed to know? A lot of times, we just feel like we're failing. We're not cutting it. Mm-hmm. This is what I like to say, Matt, and that is, is that you know, and we've heard it before, is that when you well, let me read you this quote. I love this quote by Arthur. St- Uh, author Steve Furtick, he said this way, I like it this way. One reason we struggle with insecurity is we're comparing our behind the scenes to everyone else's highlight reel. And what I say, of course, is that you see their best side compared to your worst because you see yourself at all angles and and your bad side, you see your bad side, but everyone else has that Photoshop and that's what you see. And so when you compare another parent to you, you're just seeing their best side. Right. So just to- And you're not even seeing their whole best side no. because you're just seeing your interpretation of the data. Yeah. Yeah. So it's but then I take my oh see and I don't even do that. I mean, because good parents do that. I don't do that. Right. But and then you fall into shame. Right. And then see what happens is then you fall into discouragement and why try. That's the same thing with our kids when we compare. Well, and let's let's talk about families first of all, though, is, you know, you also, the second way we compare, um, and I like that what the, your guest said before this is what I'm playing off is that what he said was in his book is the successful compare themselves against others, the significant compete only against themselves. Hmm. And so I like that that topic from his book because others means also to other families. So my family isn't ever going to measure up to this other family because we're not good as them. We're not smart as them. I mean, goodness, we had a neighbor who their son didn't even study for the ACT. And he just got a 36 last oh, week. Oh, those kids you know, drive me crazy. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So my kids will, my family will never be good enough because we'll never be like the, that family. Mm-hmm. If, if I compare it by that yardstick. Um, but see, they have different strengths. Yeah. They were born genetically different than we were. They have different resources. They're freak shows. <laughs> No, they're okay. They're not. <laughs> Matt, they're not free. Pull shows. it back, Matt. That was rude. They have different lifestyles. They they have different weaknesses. They're not as good in some things as yeah. my family is, and priorities. So you know, the whole family unit again can't be compared to another family unit or child to child. No, but we do it. What's our gain? I mean, why are we trying to compare? Especially, why do we compare ourselves in a way that would make us seemingly always lose the comparison? Yeah. Because I guess, too, maybe we compare the other way. I mean, like a lot of times we'll compare our strengths against mm-hmm. everyone else's weaknesses. So maybe it's just we want to be – I guess we don't want to be real. Well, he, like your guest said, you want to have significance. So you want to definitely feel like I have a place in this world where I matter. Yeah. No, we all start from that belongingness. Now, when I belong to a competitive world, then – What the world says is that you have to be the best, you have to be the smartest, you have to be the brightest to belong. Mm -hmm. That's a fallacy. And we need to teach ourselves and our children that our effort and the character traits that we're gaining along the way, the process rather than the product, is what matters. Because you know what? You can make the team, and that's great. But for the rest of your life, being on the team is not what's significant. What's significant is is that you learned how to get along with other people. Yeah. You you had um, loyalty to the team. Yeah. You cheered them on. You were stayed to the very end and worked hard. Now those attributes will carry you for the rest right. of your life, and and that is significant. The success, yeah, you made the team, 
but the the, the tr- character traits. And so I t- like to talk to parents about as you encourage your child, don't just say say pray you know praise them. Yeah, good job, great nice touchdown. job, good, yeah. good touchdown, nice. Glad you got the trophy. But what did they learn? What were the character traits yeah. that they gained and the effort? Don't even maybe ask them, did you win? But what were the things that you improved on during yeah. that game today? Or what did you learn in school today rather than did you get the A? Those are the intangibles. Um, in fact, that's what Dan Clark was saying. So the four things, intelligence, character, beliefs, and significance, those are the four things you're taking with you. But they're all kind of intangibles. Mm-hmm. They're not... So, but it's funny because we focus on success, which seems more tangible. Yeah, the because touchdown, you, you the... get a, you get a you get a report card and it has the A's on it. Mm-hmm. You get the trophy. That's something I can hold on to. And so, as parents, we look at those things as markers of success. Yeah. But what we should be focusing on is what are the character traits? What is the effort that was put into that? Um, you know, the piano recital is great. You yeah. you did a good job. You everyone applauded. But. Um, but along the way, you practice every day, and I had to be there along your side to show the change from day to day that you made through putting that effort in. Right. And that's what will carry you in life. That's huge. Yeah. Because that gives a confidence almost to your spirit mm-hmm. instead of a confidence to your psyche. We're always trying to make the mind believe it more. And maybe what we really need to be is more inspired, have this, have our spirit the thing that's growing and changing. Yeah, because anyone can put in effort. And my effort that I put in is is significant to me. And I don't have to compare that to somebody else's effort and what they achieved. Because if I did my very best, then I can go to sleep that night thinking, I I did. Well, and then you're only really competing against your very best. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you do as a parent is, and then talk to each child individually and say, now, where are you now and where do you want to be? Not compared to your friend, not compared to your teammate, or even a sibling, is where do you want to be tomorrow? And I raise every child differently. And and here's the thing which really liberates a parent is that you have kids, right, all the time. You know this, where you say, well, how come she gets that? How come he gets to stay out later than me? And that liberates you because every child is raised differently, Mm -hmm. and they set their own uh, standards, expectations, and where they want to improve the next day against themselves, yeah. not against anybody else. See, I think that's that's the power of influence, isn't it? Because then all of a sudden you're, I don't need to force my child. I have one child that never wanted to take any piano or any, any instruments. And a lot of my kids are fairly talented in that. And so I'm thinking, you're going to be the only one that, but he sings all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, should we do some voice lessons? Do you want to do something? But we pushed it, we pushed it, we pushed it, we pushed it. But eventually, I think once he started seeing that um, he's actually got something inside of him that he needs to give, and and he found it on his own Mm -hmm. by us maybe pointing it out more, Mm -hmm. wow, you've got a powerful opportunity to influence people with this. Then the idea of doing it became his, and he owned it. So it's not coerced Mm -hmm. motivation. It's more it's coming from the light. Yeah. It's it's liberating and it helps me to parent you as you need to to, to nurture the person yeah. and your potential. But and, don't you think as parents we do it like? But we get really caught up in what other parents are doing mm-hmm. and like we think we're getting behind. It's the like if you go watch your children sign up for school with a room full of a thousand other parents who are all vying <laughs> for the same advancement opportunities. Yeah. It's there's like contagion theory where that in, is engaged. One parent who sees an opportunity and 20 parents perk up and then it's like a fight to get to that one opportunity. 
it's scary. It is. How competitive we are. We have to back off. We really do. Yeah. Because, you know, so many parents think that their child is going to be the trophy child that will reflect on how great they are. Yeah. And, and you know what? If your child is wonderful, it's because of, of what the child did. Right. If they're terrible, it's what the child yeah, did. That's so right. it both goes both ways. Don't take it's not don't about be you. culpable for the for the bad choices they made as well. Yeah. It's it's their choices. <laughs> and it helps me as a parent so that if uh if they want to compare themselves to another child and say it's not fair I really I, I love what one of my students said. She said um, how she handles that is she says we don't compete against others, just ourselves. And they use the five P's. You ready cool. for the yeah, five let's P's? Hear it. Past performance predicts predicts present privileges. Now say it like you mean it. All right. Past performance. Let's say it fast. <laughs> past performance predicts present privileges. So you mm. what you've done in the past kind of gets you what you get. Gets today. you what you get today. So one child will get different privileges than the other. You might have different privileges because yeah. of what you've done in the past that has shown me trust and a yeah. willingness and effort, yeah. where someone else maybe is working on a different paradigm. And yeah. so the five Ps helps you to not compare because everybody gets their own reward based on what they earn. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And so it's more – it's about everybody at their own level. Like I have a son that doesn't want to drive, but he's 17. Mm-hmm. And he has a car, but he doesn't want to drive. I have another car that's uh, another son that's at fourteen, just chomping at the bit. Let me drive. Let me yeah. drive. Let me drive. Let me drive. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. And when I was a kid, it's like I wanted a car. I wanted to get going. Yeah. It's every kid. Every kid's so unique. Yeah. And I like what your uh, former guest said as well about how if you have unhealthy comparisons, that it really uh, makes the soul uh, shrink. That yeah. it becomes depressed. And so I like to think of the antidote for that unhealthy comparison to being what he said when it was service. And I, what I say is gratitude. Hmm. Because, of course, when you, have, when you serve someone else, then you have gratitude for what you have and you're not yeah. comparing anymore. Right. It's right. like, wow, look what someone's, someone else, you know, if, you, if you're thinking, wow, look at what someone has. I wish I had A, B, and C. But then you go and serve someone and realize, gosh, what, look what I do have. Yeah. Then your, your soul expands. Oh, yeah. It expands, and you have this um, joy in your soul, whereas before you had this uh, unhealthy uh, jealousy yeah, yeah. of what I don't have. Like a, yeah, the a, envy, a fear. The envy. It's almost a fear that – yeah, envy. I don't, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Uh-huh. But that service, I think – so the gratitude is the antidote for this unhealthy comparison. Well, gratitude – because that, that opens your eyes to see what you're being given. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they're all these are all just laws, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, move less f- about the comparison and make more connection. Make connection with people and have that service as part of your family motto. Every family can serve mm-hmm. in whatever way you want to, and if you do, then you're filled with gratitude rather than that envy of what we don't have. I mean, you felt that, haven't you? When oh. you've gone out and you've seen someone else, and you've gone, yeah. <gasps> why do they get that? <sighs> yeah. How come that's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then those who are less than you, uh, that are having a harder time, and you can give a little bit of yourself. You think, look how much I had to give, and and then they are so grateful for what little piece you gave them, yeah. of your time or whatever, your effort, and you think, wow, I have so much. How come everybody else has it? See, but the reality is if I had to work harder to get it, it's all more blessings for me, mm. right? It's just I've yeah. derived more value and benefit than those that received it easier. Julie Nelson, Child Whisperer. So parents, gratitude. What you have, service, not comparison. It's not a game. I love this quote. It says, someone will always be prettier. Someone will always be smarter. 
Someone will always hold be. Hold on, what? Yeah. Than me? Yeah, than you. I know. And, Slow down. And prettier than you, Matt. Blah. Someone will always be younger. Ah. But they will never be you. Why did you look at my you. crow's feet when you said that? <laughs> you look right at my crow's feet. Like that. I like that because you know. It, but they won't be you. They won't be you. Yeah. There'll you. be all these other things, but not and you. And only you can uniquely make that contribution to somebody else's life. Yeah. And then they expand their soul rather than that 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 soul shrinking yeah. envy. Yeah. So that was you just gave us a spoonful of parenting. I did a spoonful of parenting dot com. Julian K Nelson. Well done. You did great. Are you going to stick through our, our next segment? I always do, Matt. It's a lot of fun. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. Leadership Situations by our newest uh, producer, Maddie, is going to be joining us. Red hair, by the way. $1,500 worth of beautiful, beautiful red hair. Beautiful red hair. Yeah. Uh, she didn't buy it. She, but if she was going to sell it on the open market, it would be worth $1,500. She had it priced out. She had it appraised. <laughs> Her which head. which is, she tells us she's obviously a struggling student. She needs to put insurance on that head. Yeah, she might start to insure her hair. <laughs> uh, this is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. everybody to the Matt Townsend show. Hey, we're wrapping up our show today on significance, leadership we've talked a lot about and success and how to be a very uh, how to make a significance or, or how to be significant, how to make a difference in the lives of others around you, not just have success. And joining us is a, a brand new producer. Uh, we, she's our little baby producer. We like to raise them up from pups. But Maddie, her name's Maddie, Maddie Richards, also Madeline Richards. Also, Maddie, like the Maddie Townsend show. <laughs> That's perfect. That's all I need. <laughs> and uh, so welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm you so excited to be here. I'm Are scared. You? I hope I don't mess don't, up. Well, you know, get in line. We've all messed up. That's <laughs> pretty much what we call the show. Okay, got it. Is mess up one by one. You're, today you've put together a leadership situation kind of quiz, is it? Yeah. So we're going to be playing kind of like a game. Yes. How you would react as a leader or as a follower okay. in these situations. And Julie, Julie K. Nelson still with us. I'm going to throw K in there from here on <laughs> I out. I know you are. From a spoonful of parenting. Dot com. Dot com. K. Maddie, give us the scenario. We won't turn it into a competition because we'd rather just embrace instead of cooperation. Comparing, it's it's yeah. cooperation yeah. rather than competitive. That's, that's right. That's I felt good right there. That's right. That huge. <laughs> it is. So the first scenario, your child, your spouse, your friend, yeah. you're making pancakes. Hmm. They always burn the pancakes. Yeah. So in the scenario, are you going to give them a different task and you make the pancakes yourself? No. Are you going to let them fail? Are you going to try to help them? How do you react as a leader in that situation? Well, I have my view. What's your view, Matt? Uh, I would say maybe we ought to make eggs. Should we do eggs today? <laughs> You'd be like, we're going to IHOP today. Who wants to go to IHOP? I would probably say, how can I help you make the pancakes? And she'd say, why? Do you think I burn them all the time? And I'd probably say, mm, yeah. <laughs> and then she wouldn't talk to me for a week. <laughs> That's just my approach. Well, you know, you could say, well, those look really well done. Mm. Ah, I love, Carbon. I, I, 
<laughs> I like mine a little under under easy. Can I get Over mine easy? a little dope? Under, under <laughs> what's it called? Under easy. Under easy. I don't yeah. Know what you call so it. yeah. So so you would kind of just point out, whoa, those are because all pancakes are lovely and beautiful. Well, not really. You know, just like your marshmallows. Some people love to toast yeah. those things till they are blackened. But some are carcinogenic. I like mine underdone. Okay. And so yeah. So is there a right answer? No, it's just it's That's we're a great we're, we're talking about how if. In this situation, what is the best? Well, the best method? one, I would just go with the host. Yeah, if you're an effective leader, you. <sighs> see, would I try think and that's help. what's interesting because we would just do it differently. Yeah, I just yeah, say I'm... they all have value, but I, this is the this yeah. is the I want the underdone one. But like say, don't burn them. You don't leaders. you don't come out and say, hey, don't burn because maybe the they like burn. Right. Maybe they like burn. Yeah, or I'd say you don't say focus. Yeah, don't yell that. So okay, your Maddie, next scenario, you're in the dentist office and there's mm. something really boring on TV. Mm. The receptionist says to the five of you in there, someone can grab the remote and change the channel. Do you immediately go for the remote and change the channel to what you want? Or are you going to let someone else take it? Are you going to say to the group, like, let's vote on what we want? Oh, uh, what oh, would you do? Man, I'm totally grabbing that remote. I would jump up, too. I'd jump up immediately and grab the remote. I totally, I would. Then what would you do? Then I'd turn around and say, would anyone mind if we watch the HTV? Yeah, Oprah. Oh, are you, you'd say you'd go to HGTV. HGTV is that yeah. the home? That's like the home, home yeah, that's improvement. Totally yeah, yeah. And yeah. then if no one says anything, then I'm totally going where I want to go. Okay. If they don't have the guts to st- speak up for themselves, then they're lost. See, oh, interesting. You guys are both very clearly defined leaders. From what, yeah. that's what I'm kidding. Yeah. What would you do, Matt? Well, I think I, I have to have the remote in my hand. And you're going to surf the Just whole so time you know, and drive everybody crazy, right? I would have right? been looking at the remote the entire time, waiting for someone to invite me to get the remote. Then when I had the remote, I would say, hey, any suggestions? Because if not, we're just going to go watch some Disney channel. And you're going to surf the whole time, right? Yeah, I'm just going to. Because you're one of those males that surf. Yeah, every three seconds. <laughs> I think I'd probably just walk over to the TV. No, don't even need the remote and just turn it off. So easy. Would you really? Yeah. Ah. Is that leadership or is that like obstructionist? Uh, I would say that's leadership because okay. he's taking initiative and yeah. shutting off, making the decision for everyone. Seems kind of rude. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch anything. Well, give us one more. Okay, last one. This one's really kind of <laughs> crucial. And a medical emergency happens at the table next to you at dinner. Yeah. Are you the one to jump up, help the guy, call 911, or are you going to let somebody else take that lead? That's easy. What are you going to do? I'd wait a second to see if anyone's taking the lead, then I would jump up and I would start chest compressions, even if he doesn't need it. I w- <laughs> That's what I would do. And depending on who it is, maybe mouth to I, mouth. Mouth to mouth? Unless they've got food in there. I mouth. hope I'm not dining next to you, Matt. No. <gasps> I'd fix you. Yeah. No, I would too. I'd make sure that someone doesn't step and go, oh, there's a doctor in the house. I'm the one. I'm a doctor, by the way. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and then I would, uh, you know, step in if I needed to. It's one of those situations where you need because to be Because I'm a not a medical expert, so I want to make sure I'm not stepping over See, balance. I've been an EMT, so I would kind of know what to do uh, at least 20 years ago. <laughs> and But I, I kind of don't want to be the first one if I don't have to be. But So I'd probably start moving. Usually what happens is my wife screams, Matt, help them. And then I feel like obligated, like <laughs> she pointed me out. So now I've got to go save his life. But uh, that's a weird moment. So that's kind of that's even more than leadership because that's also you got to kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. But I would probably move over there and start doing something. Yeah. Weirder would be if the person if there was something with like a fight going on. So if someone was yeah. arguing and fighting, I probably wouldn't go intervene. I would just call nine one one and walk away. No, you'd be like, 
I'm a marital counselor. Can I help you with this? Can I help you guys? It sounds like we have conflict. What I'd like to do is have some reflective listening. Yeah, could I be mediator here? Jeez. Maddie, well done. That, see, that was your introduction, and you didn't get gonged. Oh, perfect. Let's, ah. let's listen to what it would have sounded like had you been gonged. No that's the death that's the death gong. Never hear that. By Gong De Leong. That's uh, James's other name. That is me. James Gong De Leong. Uh, well done, Maddie. Welcome Thank to the you. show. I'm so excited. So excited to have you on the show. And Julie K. Nelson. Nice. They should go nice to the website, to a spoonfulofparenting.com. Nice to be here, Matt. Thanks again. You're the best. Folks, that's it. Remember, significance. We've all got something to offer. We've all got a song in our heart to sing. And uh, let's not die with that song not being played. And you know what? We're the ones that have to play it, right? Go hug your family. Love those that are close to you. And thanks again for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.